Welcome to Growing in Grace with Pastor Victor Morrison. This is a ministry of First Baptist Church located at 1700 Milam Street, Columbus, Texas. We are praying that God will bless you as you listen to this message. If you would like additional information on worship times and ministries at FBC Columbus, you can find out more at our website, fbccolumbustx.org. And now, take your copy of God's Timeless Word as Pastor Victor gives today's message. Hey, welcome to Growing in Grace. If there's one uh, expression of God's grace that comes to every family, I would say that most precious expression would have to be our mothers. We're getting very close to Mother's Day. Perhaps uh, it's even on Mother's Day. You'll be listening to this broadcast. So let me just say happy Mother's Day to all of our moms, to grandmothers. We appreciate all that you do uh, for your family. And uh, just pray that you will receive honor for who you are. The thing I like about mothers, I love their character, their love, their example. There's so many things that we could mention. And it's just really difficult to think of what's the most appropriate way to honor them. So one of the ways that I want to try is by uh, looking at a passage of Scripture in the Old Testament. Uh, it's in 2 Kings chapter 4. Uh, verses 1 through 7. And uh, it's, a, it's about a mother who happened also to be a widow at the time of uh, 2 Kings chapter 4 when it was written. And, um, you know, this mom was raising two boys and it was very difficult uh, for her. And we're going to read about that. I uh, ran across something the other day by a, a man that used to be a singer long ago named Jimmy Dean. Jimmy Dean uh, put his words that he wanted to say to his mother uh, to some background music, to a song, and he called it IOU. And so uh, he says in the IOU uh, different things that his mom had done. She had cooked. She had cleaned. She was like a, a bodyguard at night when he was afraid of thunderstorms. Uh, she had done so much to help him medically when he was dealing with the measles, mumps, bruises, or uh, fever, those kind of things. Uh, she had also uh, helped take his puppies to the veterinarian. Uh, so many things. He even mentioned entertainment and how uh, she taught him first how to make believe. But anyway, so many different wonderful things. If you ever get a chance, you should uh, listen to Jimmy Dean's IOU that he uh, gave to his mom. It's precious. As a matter of fact, uh, there was one mother that I read, she loved her son, she was providing for her son, but her son, for some reason, despite her affirmation and so forth, at 23 years of age, still living at the house, he just was always complaining and nothing was ever good enough. So she itemized a bill for what her son would owe her and it came to $39,254.17. And she gave him an itemized bill how each thing cost this amount for all those years, you know. But then at the very bottom, underneath the total, she wrote these words, services issued free of charge. And so she just wanted him to be aware. I'm not sure we're always aware of all that mothers go through. You know, someone did a survey of 2,000 mothers a few years ago, and they, they listed several of the challenges that they face. 
enduring sleepless nights and coping with crying, maintaining patience and balancing housework, fighting fatigue, dealing with guilt, managing stress, caring for a sick child, resolving sibling rivalry, affording childcare in college, addressing bullying at school, seeing competitive parents in the school system, avoiding spoiling the kids, and releasing the children once they became adults. Isn't that so true? And yet, how do we repay them? How could we repay them? What if our mothers uh, were like the CEOs of a debt collection agency? How could we make it? I I read one funny uh, story about this group that came up with some possible names for a mother's uh, debt collection agency. Listen to some of these. They said, how about this? The hand that docks the cradled or how about prodigal sums or kids owe us or instead of IRS, how about maternal revenue service or to put it more contemporary, the born ultimatum dash no free launch. <laughs> Crazy things. Well, anyway, I want to get to this passage of scripture. There's a lot here that I want us to uh, to glean and hopefully it will help you whenever you're going into a celebration, maybe not this Mother's Day, maybe, maybe not. But whenever it is, I don't think we have to wait to a, until it's Mother's Day to tell uh, those that are caring for our children or those that took care of us to let them know we appreciate all they're doing. Let me read you the story. It's just seven verses long. Once again, it's found in the Old Testament, 2 Kings chapter 4. Now the wife of one of the sons of the prophets cried to Elisha, your servant, my husband is dead. And you know that your servant feared the Lord, but the creditor has come to take my two children to be his slaves. And Elisha said to her, what shall I do for you? Tell me, what have you in the house? And she said, your servant has nothing in the house except a jar of oil. Then he said, go outside, borrow vessels from all your neighbors, empty vessels and not too few. Then go in and shut the door behind yourself and your sons and pour into all these vessels. And when one is full, set it aside. So she went from him and shut the door behind herself and her sons. And as she poured, they brought the vessels to her. And when the vessels were full, she said to her son, Bring me another vessel. And he said to her, there is not another. Then the oil stopped flowing. She came and told the man of God. And he said, go sell the oil and pay your debts. And you and your sons can live on the rest. Isn't that a touching story? Definitely a mother having a difficult time. And that's where I'd like to begin our discussion. The first thing I think we can do for a mother is to just simply be aware, to let her know that we see some of the difficulties that she has. You know, if you were to look over the first few verses that begin this chapter, verses one and two, you would definitely see the circumstances that this mother was facing. They were excruciating. And isn't it interesting to know that difficulties They can even come in the most devoted of women's lives. You know, it's not just people who don't know Christ who have a hardship in their life. 
Sometimes those who are serving the Lord, even they have difficulties. So I got to thinking about what were her difficulties. You think about the one that's taking care of your children, or you think about the one who took care of you when you were a child, and think about the difficulties that she is going through. I would point out some of these things. For example, I would point out first the death of her companion. We're not given the man's name. We're not given her name. But all we know is that he was called. He was one of the sons of the prophets that uh, was learning from Elijah, later Elisha. And so this guy was called. He was committed. He uh, feared the Lord. It says here, your servant, my husband is dead. And you know that your servant feared the Lord. So this was a godly man. You know, when a godly man is gone, his uh, absence can be very striking. But then that wasn't the only thing, the death of her companion. How about the debt, the debt to her creditor? You see, her husband died with some bills. He died insolvent. So she says to Elisha, the prophet, that the creditor's coming. She's burdened for her sons. And so she doesn't know what to do. I thought it was interesting how she's saying that the creditor is coming to take my two sons to be his slaves. That was a part of the Hebrew law back then. A creditor could take either the debtor or the debtor's children to serve in his household. They couldn't serve and treat them like a slave. So I'm not exactly sure if she knew that he was going to misuse them. But he wasn't supposed to treat them like a slave, but they were supposed to help pay off the bill. Wow. So not only is this lady dealing with the loss of her husband, she's also emotionally processing the potential departure of her sons as well. Listen, that whole scenario right there back then in that day, that would have spelled desperation for her future. You know, I'm thinking about even in the United States today, do you realize that 80% of single parents are mothers? As a matter of fact, of children that are being raised by one parent, do you know that 15.7 million kids in the United States are being raised by mom and mom alone? Of course, there are 3.4 million that are being raised by a single father, But I thought to myself, you know, it's usually the mother that steps up and says, I will be responsible to make sure that my kids are okay. This woman was also deeply burdened. She was discouraged because of her cupboard. Elisha says, what shall I do for you? Tell me, what do you have in the house? And what does she say? Well, she looked for cash and there was no cash. There was no silver and there was no gold in the house. She looked in the closets, and when she looked in the cupboard, she found one jar of oil. That's it. That's all she had, one jar of oil. Can you imagine her discouragement over limited resources? Just be aware. Think back. What was it like for your mother whenever she was raising you? I wonder if she faced some limited resources. Wow. Well, Let me bring up something else that I think we need to just know in terms of our our moms. What about their decisions? You know, it is definitely a a true 
statement to say that often our circumstances in life are beyond our control, right? But what is within our control? Our choices, our attitude. Those are things that we can control. And I want to point out two things about her decisions. She made two wise decisions. The first wise decision was this mother chose to start at the right place. Starting at the right place. What do I mean by that? Where did she go? A certain woman of the wives of the sons of the prophets cried out to Elisha, saying, Your servant, my husband, is dead, and you know that your servant feared the Lord, and the creditor is coming to take my two sons to be his slaves. Ah, so at that time, they did not have a copy of the Old and New Testament like we do. You know, this was her way of seeking God first. Jesus said, when we have needs in our lives, rather than turning to worry and despair, Matthew 6, says that we should put God first, put his righteousness first. This mother also chose to start with a right perspective, to start with a right perspective. Yes, there were tons of things she could have said she doesn't have, but what did she have? That's the right place. That's the right perspective to say, okay, what about Moses when he was going to lead the children of Israel out of uh, bondage in Egypt? God said, Moses, what do you have in your hand? Well, just a shepherd's staff. David, what do you have? You're going to be facing a big giant named Goliath. He had a slingshot. What about the little boy that Jesus took his lunch and fed over 5,000 people? What did he have to offer? Well, he had five loaves and two fish. That's all he had. Would you look and say, okay, God, what do I have? What, what is it that is within my reach? Those are things God has placed there. Romans 12, 1 and 2 says that we daily should offer up to God our bodies as a living and holy sacrifice. I just applaud this lady. All that she's going through, her difficulties, and then we notice, look at those wise decisions. Wow. But the third thing I want you to notice in your mother, but we can see it in this mother, is diligence. I really like this story because it reminds me of the diligence that I've seen in most mothers that I've known. Proverbs 31 describes a godly woman. If you read the the last few verses of Proverbs 31, that woman of excellence, she wasn't a lazy woman. Nope, she was a very diligent, busy lady. And I find this lady also to be diligent. You know, Elisha called for her effort, didn't he? He says to her, go and borrow vessels from everywhere, from all your neighbors, empty vessels. Do not gather just a few. You know what? That's exactly what she did. She put effort. She did what she could. You know, the other one I notice is her example. Why did Elisha the prophet say, I want you to go in and shut the door behind you and your sons? What was it? that Elijah had in mind. Verse five says that's exactly what she did. You know what I think? I think that Elisha the prophet was saying, I want your two boys to see what a wise and godly woman that you are. I want them to see you putting in the effort. 
I want them to see your godly example. So definitely, I would say her diligence took the form of effort, work. She put in her strength and energy there. But then secondly, definitely, she gave those uh, two young boys an example as they saw their mom, you know, uh, filling up those things. The other thing was earnest, earnest. You know, did you see the earnestness? Do you know the significance of those words when it says that this woman poured it out? She poured it out. Wow. You know, all she had was one little jar of oil. But she poured it out. She poured out all the possessions that she had. You know, it reminds me so much of the widow that's mentioned in Mark 12, verses 42 to 44. You know, she only had a couple of coins, but Jesus recognized it in the middle of the temple with all these people throwing in their offerings. He noticed that this one lady put in all that she had to live on. Would you rewind the tape of your life? You see, behind your success has most likely been a mother, a mother that gave you gave you the things that she never got to have in her lifetime, and yet she gave them to you. Isn't that amazing that this lady would pour out the one jar of oil? That's all she had, and yet she poured it out, and she, she was doing that for those two boys. I want to give the last verse because I think it ends on such a wonderful note, the delight. Did you notice this mother's delight? The, the rest of the story in scripture for this mother and her two boys, it really is exciting because even though they had some very tough realities, the husband is gone. It's the same old house. He's not in there now. The, there's no furniture, but look at what happens. There's no more debt. She can just simply enjoy life with her sons. Wow, I thought that was interesting that it says, then she came and told the man of God. You know, I think that the Lord's provisions were enough for the deficiencies in her life. Wow, I'm sure she went and said, I can't believe it, but there's no more deficiency in my life because here's the thing. Look at all these bottles now. They're all filled up. And so he said, go sell the oil and pay your debt. As Elisha the prophet looked at the bottles that she had collected and borrowed and now filled with that one bottle of oil, he realizes, you know what? God's sufficiency is enough for you to pay off the debts that you have in life. And then I thought it was really a staggering comment that the prophet makes at the very end. And he says, you and your sons live on the rest. You know, the sufficiency of the Lord is enough for a duration of a whole life. Wow, isn't that amazing? What a great story and a true story of this lady from the Old Testament. I think it's powerful. I think it's also relevant when we think about what those that are around us are going through. I don't know about you, but most of the mothers that I've known, they probably have no idea their true worth. You know, uh, I remember in Proverbs 31, it says that, you know, an excellent wife, her worth is above rubies, like plural. So I got to thinking, you know, most women, they don't know. 
You know why? Because they struggle. They never feel they quite measure up. They don't feel they measure up. They feel guilty. They feel like they haven't done enough. That's most of them. Let me remind you of a truth, mother. And that is the day that Jesus Christ died died on that old rugged cross. He nailed something very significant to that cross. You know what he nailed there? He nailed any IOUs that you may feel, you may perceive that you owe. All of your sins and failures and shortcomings and so forth. Do you know all of that can be forgiven? All of your debts and trespasses. I want to read for you Colossians 2 verses 13 and 14. It says, and you being dead in your trespasses and the uncircumcision of your flesh, he is made alive together with him, having forgiven you all trespasses, having wiped out the handwriting of requirements that was against us, which was contrary to us. And he has taken it out of the way, having nailed it to the cross. You understand what? That verse is saying, it's saying that when we kneel at the foot of the cross and we say to the Lord, please, Lord, I'm nothing but a sinner. I have made so many mistakes. Please, I turn to you now asking for forgiveness and cleansing. Do you know that Jesus already paid the price for that? So if you're a believer and you've trusted Christ, you know, years ago now, I just want you to know that all your past, it's forgiven. It's all wiped away already. But if you have never asked Jesus to forgive you of your sins, this is so available to you, Mom. I want you to receive the grace, the mercy, the the goodness of the Lord that is just waiting all because of Christ and His blood that was shed for us. You know, I know that sometimes when, um, when women get together, Sometimes, not always, but sometimes the focus can be on other things, can't it? I just want to say that when we get to heaven, I don't think that that those in heaven are going to be talking about the prettiest hair or the slimmest figure. When the men arrive in heaven that are born again, I don't think that all of us men are going to be talking about who drove the nicest, newest pickup truck when they were on earth, or we're not going to be boasting about who could bench press the most. I don't believe that uh, those students who go to be with the Lord, that anybody's going to be up there saying, guess who I got to sit with in the cafeteria at school. No one's going to be talking about who they got to date. You know what I think? I think that none of it will even matter in heaven. All we're going to talk about is how Jesus forgave us our sin debts, how he paid the way so that we could be in that wonderful place called heaven. Uh, Friend, I want you to be there so badly. I want you to trust Jesus Christ and and to take all those old sins that are weighing you down and throw them, throw them down, cast them down, place them down at the foot of the cross because it was there that Jesus died on the cross for you, for me, for all the peoples, no matter what, race you are, no matter where you're listening from, whether you're in a small town, whether you're in the country, whether you're in a big city, maybe a mega city, you know, whether you're 
traveling on the road or whether you're in a whole nother country. All I want you to know is that there's a God in heaven who loves you so much that he sent his son to pay the sin debt that you owe, that I owe. All of our mistakes and all of our failures, all of our rebellion, all that resistance, he says, I can wipe it all away. It can be gone just like that. Would you just turn to Christ and say, Lord, forgive me? I just want to say, moms that are listening, thank you again for all that you do. Thank you for the things you do behind the, the scenes. We know that it hasn't always been easy for you. Perhaps you could identify with a mother in 2 Kings chapter 4. But whether it's a good time or a hard time right now, I want you to know that your life, your life is very precious, precious to God and precious to your family. Uh, the Bible says that women are sort of like rubies. Have you ever looked up how much rubies are worth? Hey, they're, they're worth quite a bit. I think one time there was one for that sold for about six million. So we're not going to put a, a dollar figure on how much you're worth. But all we're going to say is thank you. Thank you for the invaluable contribution to our society that you make in just simply loving your kids, taking care of them, raising them up to know the Lord and to love one another. So why don't we close in prayer and uh, join with me as we pray for the moms across the United States and across the world. Lord, thank you so much for this passage. I uh, pray that it would bless uh, mothers. I pray that it would instruct those of us who are not mothers, but who have a mom or those of us who had a mother. Uh, I pray you'd instruct us if our wives are taking care of our kids that we would know uh, how much they're doing each and every day of each and every week of each and every month of each and every year. Thank you so much, Lord, for mothers. I pray that they would know how um, valuable they are, how important they are, how very, very significant their contribution is to our society. I know that they may not be uh, featured on a television show. They may not be um, written up in a magazine, but each and every one of them are very priceless when it comes to you. So just give them your very best as they go through the rest of their day today. In Jesus' name we pray, amen. Hey, thank you so much again for uh, listening to Growing in Grace. Hope you'll uh, be with us as we go back next time. I'm um, thinking maybe next week we may be looking at graduation time because it's that time of year as well. So we may be thinking, how could we say a word that might really help those who are students? Those who are still making lots of decisions in their lives. But anyway, thank you so much for listening to this uh, devotion today on motherhood. Have a great day. Bye-bye. This is a ministry of First Baptist Church located at 1700 Milam Street, Columbus, Texas.